guys, I'm Alan Beek and welcome to Barber Soup, my unedited and unscripted thinking out loud podcast. I'm going to be sharing my personal experiences and discussing topics related to the hair industry and my journey so far. So sit back, relax and I hope you guys enjoy it. Guys, hello and welcome back to season two, episode two of Barber Soup. Um, I hope this time that the, the sound is a lot better. I always like to have a little listen back to see how the sound was and just make sure that I've made no mistakes, which I normally do. But I just wanted to see if I can make the content more appealing and because when I say unedited, I mean it. Like I like to get in, get off, get out, get my point across and leave it to you to think about for the day. And I am not technical at all. So the sound thing is something that I just need to get back onto and make sure that it's clearer when you're listening to. I do notes of what I want to talk about, or I even sometimes just start with the podcast title and then just go for it, all out, balls out. So at the moment, <clears throat> excuse me, I am in a room, again, way too big for doing a podcast, and the dog's walking around with a with a, with a roll of sellotape, so if you hear the dog mooching about in the background, just try and ignore it. But... I wanted to start with saying, with me, what you see is exactly what you get. I am just unapologetically me. I, I say the wrong things all the time. I do make mistakes. I don't like to make a habit of it, but I don't do it intentionally. 90% of the time, anyway, but I, I can still offend people. But, on the other hand, some people are very offendable. Very, very offendable. And you can be a humanitarian philanthropist monk and some someone somewhere can be peed off with you for something that you've commented on a post or something that you posted or something that you've done online. You can always upset someone. But you can't please everyone. And I've learned over many, many years now of working in a customer service environment and with the public that you definitely cannot please everyone. I first discovered that when I opened the shop. I did everything for anyone that asked me. And when you start a new business and you start making your way up to where I am right now in the industry, there's always someone that wants something from you. Always, every day, every week, a message flashes up on my phone and I know it's someone who wants something or needs something from me. I I get it though, I get it. It's the path I chose and I worked hard to get to it and that's just the nature of the beast. You can't please everyone. And the sooner you get used to saying the word no or creating boundaries and making them public, the easier life can be. I started in a shop that was walking based and there would be many times in a week where I could sit on my phone, on my laptop or read a magazine. Does anyone anyone remember the magazine called FHM? I've put that on my notes here. It was called uh, For Him Magazine, FHM. It was amazing. I loved it. It was a, a proper lad mag. But it wasn't like an, a booby kind of lad mag. It had things like fashion, jokes, true stories, skincare, training advice, hair advice, diet advice. It had financial articles in there, and like interviews with really influential people. And as a young male, it was full of information that was really valuable. And it was classier than like all the other ones. It had things like sex tips and stuff like that, which was great. Because as a young lad, you don't want to be asking your mates how to do certain things, but it was in there, it was all on paper and you could read it and no one knew that you were actually reading that and getting tips from how to do certain things to certain people. But anyway, 
Um, it wasn't like the other ones, and I forget their names, that, that literally were just boobs and bum, but FHM was ace, and I always remember seeing an advert for some domestic hair product. I, I can't really remember which one it was, and I don't want to say it on here in case I get sued. But the haircut in this advert was absolutely terrible. And it was at times like these that I wanted to be better at my job so I could be the person doing hair for adverts in a magazine like that. Obviously, from that from that shop then, me and Reese opened Ruger and we wanted to stand out. We wanted to be different. We wanted to offer what other people around us didn't. And it's very hard to market a company or a business or a product these days. Well, that's, you know, it's arguable whether it's hard or not, but it doesn't need good marketing if the business, the company or the product itself is really good because obviously it marks its, markets itself. It's just a case of allowing people to see that it exists. So marketing is one thing that I'm going to go over throughout this podcast series and something I'm going to touch on now. I want you to imagine the mindset that we were in at the time when we first opened Ruger. We were a barber shop, but everything had been done. There was not much we could do to stand out and many people are in this same position right now, opening a business or wanting to open a business, finding a niche or a gap in the market and taking a chance. But what you can offer or what can you offer that others can't, it's tough. What makes you stand out from everyone else when everything's been done? If you've ever driven through the Lake District, there's hundreds and hundreds of dairy farms and when you first see that big bunch of beautiful Frisian cows, all different patterns of black and white, you think, oh yay, look cows. But then you see another farm and then another farm and then another one and an hour later, you don't even recognize that there's cows in the field anymore. Your mind doesn't even register them because you've seen so much. Now, imagine for a second that you're driving along and you see a bright, purple cow you're going to get all excited and you're going to start telling everyone about it it's different from all the rest of the cows and you've never seen one anyone and you've never seen anything like it before and you didn't even know it existed but it's something that you message people about you put it on social media you talk about it and this is what you have to become as an individual as a business or what you make your commodity like your product you have to become a purple cow something that stands out the way that we became a purple cow seven years ago was to offer something that no other barbershop around us did, and that was taking appointments. Salons took appointments, but barbers didn't, and that's what gave them the professional edge. Seven years ago, lads were saying to me, oh, I want the same recognition as a hairdresser. Well, you've got to do the same things that they do then. You've got to offer them the same things. The services have got to be the same, and the same amenities have got to be available. But for barbers, it was a no-go. It was too girly. It capped your earning potential and a load of silly other reasons. But we wanted that structure. We did walk-ins and it was horrific. People were waiting for hours. So that's how we first became more popular and more well-known. Obviously, that's not the case now because pretty much most shops have now realized that everything we do is based around the needs of the client and time is money and time is precious. So people like to turn up when their scheduled appointment is and not waste half the day rummaging around old papers and magazines on a coffee table in a barbershop. Now this first notion came to us when Lee Resnick, who owns the massive Instagram page Barbershop Connect, he contacted me about a new booking app looking for some exposure. And would I mind speaking to one of their guys in Poland where the company was founded? 
obviously this was the route that we wanted to go down. So we spoke and they were willing to travel from Poland to an event that was organized by me and Luke Doland, an absolute diamond of a man, um, London, somewhere in London, Rye Slip, Rui Slip, Rye Slip. Someone's going to message me and tell me the actual correct pronunciation of that, but gorgeous man. And um, he's always been someone that I've really looked up to and really get along with. And that's why we ended up doing this event because we got along so well and we made it a public event. We made it free and people came from everywhere. We had Eric who was involved with Barbershop Connect at the time. He came over from New York. Some guys from a barber magazine came from California. Barbers from all around the UK and of course the reps from uh, from Booksy from Poland. The event itself was a massive success. Rachel from Modern Barber Magazine was there and so was Pro Hair Mag. And they did a video on it, we did a video on it and you can, you can actually still see all the videos that we did uh, for the event at Luke's and then the second event that we did at Ruger in Oldham. If you just go onto YouTube and type in UK Barber Lab, you'll see all the videos there. So a relationship was established and we knew that that was what we wanted to do. It hadn't been used in the country yet, so we were guinea pigs, if you like. And we didn't mind because it was just as much an, an experiment and risk for us as it was for them. We knew we would lose clients, obviously, with the change in dynamics. We knew that people that who couldn't commit to a set time, we'd lose them. We knew that there would be a high demand for certain days and times, like 5.30 on a Friday evening. That should have gone on eBay every single week and just gone to the highest bidder. It was the most popular appointment. Obviously, people going out on a Friday, not wanting to be there first thing on a Saturday morning. Friday, 5.30 was the one. If we'd put it on eBay every single week, we would have made a fortune. But we went with it and we it turned out to be our purple cow. Uh, as scary and as risky as it was, the people we upset was completely outweighed by the positives and the people that it, we that, that it pleased. Now, there's always a hidden meaning behind the stories that I tell. And as I've explained before, I like to give as many examples of what's happened to me and how I've dealt with certain situations in the hope that one day you'll be more equipped to deal with it. And I won't always be talking about the good things that have happened to me because that's just stupid. There's some massive mistakes I've made in the past, some risks that I've taken that haven't worked out and how I've lost money, how I've lost friends, how I've even lost respect from people stupidly make again making mistakes but my main defining objective is to help people be happier people happier at home happier at work overall less of a moody sod like i can be so this is as much therapy for me as it is you it's easy for me to to preach all these things but it's very very important for me to practice it as well and you know what sometimes you become complacent and you stop and I'll say something in the morning on in my on my Instagram in one of my morning talks, and I'll say you must express gratitude to to not take for granted what you have got instead of being upset of the things that you don't have. But innately, as humans, we are programmed to seek happiness by avoiding discomfort. We avoid risk and anything fearful or a threat. But what we fail to realize is that happiness is on the other side of all these things. By making ourselves uncomfortable, we are exploring uncharted territory. We're taking ourselves to places we've never been. And this is how we grow. This is how we become happier. 
if we don't reap the benefits of taking a risk and winning, then we've just learnt valuable lessons on how to deal with failure. I'm terrible with dealing with failure. So when I actually put together like some notes on how to deal with failure and how the failures that I've, I've come up with, I will tell you all the bad ways I've dealt with it, which you'll laugh at, the things I've thrown, broken, or thing people I've hurt. But I'd rather try something and fail than not try and regret it. So, But then when you overcome a fear, if you're scared of something and you overcome a fear, let's say, for example, if you're scared of heights but you do a, a bungee jump, you've just got to think of like the euphoria and happiness that you'll be flooded with afterwards. So to conclude in a very short summary, whether you own a business or work for somebody else, nothing is stopping you from becoming a purple cow. You've just got to find that something that defines you as different or remarkable, outstanding or just unique, one in your own. But remember, you are one in your own. There's only one of you. In the process of doing this, you'll have to take risks. You're going to have to become uneasy and you're going to have to experience discomfort. Discomfort, being uneasy and risks and fear it's just something that you're going to have to welcome into your life and jump out of your comfort zone. I honestly, I can guarantee it right now. I think you'll you'll surprise yourself. Don't be scared. Just go for it. On the opposite side of fear is elation. Another video while you're on YouTube later looking for the UK Barber Lab is um, it's a video by Will Smith on YouTube, and I can't remember what it's called. I think it's like Will Smith Fear, and he talks about. On the other side of fear is elation and happiness. And when he jumped out of a plane, it's a very, very inspiring video. So watch it. And on that note, uh, everybody, uh, I'm going to leave you to it. So have a great day, whether you've listened in the car, whether you've listened on a walk, or you're just in work, or you're actually cutting out with your headphones in. Take my heart off to you. Uh, thank you for listening as always. Seeing that people have not only just listened but took action from the last podcast has actually me has just got me made up. Like people actually went out and bought journals and notepads and sent me pictures of them. So I'm absolutely over the moon with that because you know it wasn't a lot of people that I spoke to. But if right now you know five people sent me pictures and then in a year's time a hundred and five send me pictures, then I'd be absolutely made up. I'm always really, really grateful for the people who listen to me chat bubbles because, like I said before, I actually get so much out of these sessions. Uh, So again, thank you. And if you feel the need to comment or leave me a review, that would be super nice. And if you share on social media, which would also be super nice, do tag me so I can see and thank you personally. And, And don't forget to subscribe because if you subscribe, you get notifications when the episode episodes are released. So listen, just have a dead good day do anything that you need to to make yourself happy put on some good music put on a nice podcast put yourself in a good mood much love and take care see you later